This week we are travelling back to September of 2019 for our box of beer from Beer 52 and another beer competition, Raise of the Bar. More than 60 breweries entered this year's Raise of the Bar competition, each vying for the chance to pour at beer festivals across the UK and see their creations mailed out to 30 Beer 52 members. To be eligible for consideration, contenders needed to have been in commercial production for less than two years and were asked to send samples of three different beers. The judging took place in March of 2019 at Hackney's Pembury Tavern. Now anybody who's listened to my show will know that the Pembury Tavern is the pub owned by Five Points Brewery. And judging was conducted by a panel including Wildcards Jaeger Wise, Earth Stations Jen Merrick, beer writer Matt Curtis, We Are Beers Greg Wise and Beer 52's Callum Stewart. Their challenge, to whittle down 60 to just four exceptional young breweries. Unlike other beer competitions, this was not a blind tasting. The judges looked not only at the beer itself, but the branding and the provenance of the brewery, as well as their potential to scale up and make an impact on a crowded market. What we found throughout the competition was consistency across the range, says Callum. While some breweries had one outstanding beer, this was not backed up by their second or their third whereas the winning breweries were able to carry this across all beers submitted. The branding and style selection were also important. While there are only so many IPAs one can try, a 12% barrel-aged imperial stout may not be appealing to a larger audience. We had to keep in mind that the winners would be showcased around the country at beer festivals as well in the Beer 52 box. Two were selected as clear winners, and there was a long deliberation about the final four. But in the end, all the judges agreed on the winners as submitted by their best three beers. The judging day itself was as much fun as you'd expect. Beer tasting isn't like wine tasting, in that you do actually get to drink the beer. However, as professionals, the judges made sure they had an early enough start to spread the tastings throughout the day. There was a long break for lunch, at which plenty of food was laid on, and water and crackers were provided throughout. Like any competition, it's hard not to get attention with so many entrants so any beers that missed the marks were swiftly poured away. There were many worthy entrants, but in the end the standout four were Mothership, Vault City, Dig Bruco and Turning Point. The selected breweries represent the depth of talent from across the UK, heading from Edinburgh, Yorkshire, Birmingham and London. And a big congratulations to them all. We look forward to seeing your journey this year and welcoming more entries to the competition for next year, says Callum. You dig? written by Beer52's Richard Crowstown. Art has always been a big part of the global craft movement, largely in the form of the trend of mind-bending, convention-breaking, eye-popping can and bottle designs we inherited from the States. But some breweries take the connection with beer and art even further, incorporating visual art, storytelling and big ideas into the way the business is run, and even into the beer itself. Dig founder Oliver Webb's story is a little unusual, Instead of quitting a job he hated after avidly homebrewing for years, his path into craft started at art school. It was the end of his first year and everyone was pitching in, helping the second year students get ready for their final exhibition. Oliver recalls this was the first time he'd really felt the creative community vibe he'd expected would be the norm. So he did what any normal creative individual would do under the circumstances. He turned his creative space into a bar. 
We just bought the cheapest beer we could find in Sainsbury's and everyone donated a pound a pint to keep the thing going. We'd also do themed cocktails depending on what was happening that week. Like if we had a visiting artist for example. Every Wednesday we'd go to the main student bar and beg them for ice because that's where the big parties were. But wasn't it a bit, you know, illegal? Oh absolutely. We ended up getting shut down with the police at the end of the first year. We still think one of the student union barmen just ratted us out, but it's all water under the bridge. Oliver's illicit bar went legit for a while, as he took it round various Birmingham beer gardens staging events, making a bit of money and, as it turned out, attracting the attention of some people who would one day be his investors. For Oliver, this was all a way to fund his creative pursuits while he waited to be discovered as an artist. But everything changed during a fateful trip to New York. It was a real moment of revelation, recalls Oliver. I went to the other half tap room and suddenly realised a brewery could be more than just a place where you make beer. It was bringing people in, telling a story and expressing yourself in so many different ways. I thought, this is a fantastic direction for my practice to go down. I could make it a progression of my work do something really interesting with it. All through this time, he was talking to the owners of a hugely successful community pub in Tipton, Birmingham, called Mad O'Rourke's Pie Factory. The team there had seen what Oliver had achieved with his bar and were keen to work with him. When he took the brewery idea to them, they were immediately behind him. He teamed up with his brother and sister to help run the business and finally brought in a head brewer, Joe Leaney, who had been working for another local brewery. The investors were like, you're not playing around with this much money without a professional brewer on board to help you, laughs Oliver. So I got Joe to join the dark side. Due to the way this article has been edited, this beer will get mentioned a little bit later on. However, the first beer that came out of this box was called The Last Optimo. Hey guys, welcome to another week of beer reviews here on Beers From Lockdown. This week we raised the bar with a box of beer from Beer 52 I got delivered in September of 2019. Half of these beers were out of date last weekend on the 15th and the other half were okay till, well, until the 8th of August. I think there was one seventh and a couple of eighths. So this is Raise the Bar. This was some kind of competition beer 52 ran for new breweries. So let's get on with it. We have a beer here which is a red cam with a load of black lines scribbled on the front of it. And this is from the Dig Bruco. Digbeth, Birmingham. So on tap to say on this. There is something on the back, but it's white written on red, so it's a bit difficult to read. The Last Optimo, it's called. Brewed at De Proof. This is an American pale ale. And the description on Untapped says, Our ever-returning citra-focused house pale. For this iteration, we've utilised Galaxy alongside Citra throughout the Whirlpool and during conditioning. Fermented with London Fog. Weird. What the hell is London Fog? London Fog is the yeast they use. Right, so without any further ado, let's get this out into my glass. I have my Beer 52 Cyberfest 2 glass. So I'm feeling quite thirsty. Let's get this out into my glass and see what I think of it. Doesn't foam out the top like a few have done just lately. There we go. It's a nice light golden colour. It's got a one, two, three, two and a half to three finger foamy white head. Mmm, oh it's got a nice fruity citrusy smell to it, but you just say it contains citrus, so cheers. 
Mm. Let's get this down the end to see what I think. There you are, the head has gone completely now. It's now about half fingers, isn't it? It's very foamy. There's good white lacing on the glass. Mmm. It's not bad, that. Quite juicy to begin with. You really get the lemony flavour of that citric at me, though. You know, that's not bad, that. Mmm. I'm going to give that a three and a half out of five. That's not too bad. You wouldn't know that was 5.2%. Maybe 4.2 to 4.6. Have a great evening. Enjoy what you're doing. The Mothership Connection, written by Beer52's Richard Crostell. As always, taken from Beer52's Fan Magazine. Having been in the same situation myself, I sadly can't claim to have had any particularly brilliant ideas while trying to comfort a screaming baby at 3 o'clock in the morning. Yet that's exactly how Jane started out on the path that would eventually see her open mothership. The new brewery that's wowing beer lovers across the capital and is one of this year's Raise the Bar competition winners. Jane fell in love with fermentation during a school summer job as a winemaker's assistant at Chapel Down Winery in Kent. The experience sparked a passion that continued through her subsequent years of studying for a graphic design degree, during which she avidly brewed hedgerow wines from forage fruits such as plums and blackberries. But it wasn't until almost a decade later when she bought her husband a simple homebrew kit that her attention turned to beer. The thing had just been sat in the cupboard for over a year, so I decided to use it myself, she said. It was a boring Timothy Taylor clone you made by boiling a can of extract, but I was hooked on beer right away. I did a lot of research into brewing and went straight into making my own recipes on an all-grain kit. Even at that point I wasn't really a beer drinker, just fascinated by the process and spent a lot of time trying to nail it technically. So I was brewing single hop beers, experimenting when and how I add the hops. Not really trying to make a drinkable beer, but trying to understand the effect of different ingredients and when to add them. Jane been honing her craft in this way, alongside her day job as a designer, for about four years, when she and her husband had two children in pretty quick succession. As anyone with young children will confirm, it's easy to lose sight of your own passions in the chaos of nighttime feeds and the constant cleaning. And Jane says that brewing was just one of the things that anchored her sense of identity. It became more than just making beer. It became a this is me thing. And that made me think about the other things in my life. I'd spent 12 years as a graphic designer with a lot of time in designer agencies and eventually found myself in an advertising agency. I didn't really enjoy being there, working for some questionable clients. And I felt I had more to offer than that. So after my second son, I decided not to go back. And that's when the idea for Mothership came about. All the initial recipes were designed and practised in nap time. Everything happened very much around raising my children. Hey guys, welcome back. My second beer tonight comes from an area of London I've never heard of. Called Nunhead. Which from the looks of it on the map, is between Peckham and the Royal Observatory at Greenwich. It's called Mothership. This is what Untapped has to say about them. Mothership is an all-female brewery that champions women in craft beer. Through dedicated craft, hard graft and a love of big flavour, we create innovative and award-winning seasonal beer collections with a social conscience. Mothership aims to crush the cliches and inspire more women to get involved in craft beer, leading a new wave of beer making and drinking where everyone's invited. 
this is it. It is a yellow can with like a maze, like a black lines on it, like a maze. And the beer name is written in certain of the paths and the ABV. And this has a used by of 7th of the 8th, 20. Got another month on this one. Well, another two, three weeks on this one. Got my flagship brewery glass tonight. Alright, so let's get this out into my glass and see what I think of it. Three, two, one. Foams out the top a little. Oh, smells nice, smells chocolatey. What does the description for this one say? I'm not sure what it's called, is it? This is called Summer Stout. It is a milk stout. So, this should be good. It is a sweet or milk stout. A summer beer for those wanting to break the rules and running through a field of wheat that doesn't cut it. We've given a traditional stout a twist by adding some bold flavours and a bit more fizz. Endure a cardamom hit, followed by a rich, sweet rose that blooms in the mouth. It's smooth, it's sassy, it's everything. Right, here we go then. That should do, that has a massive head. Look at that, one, two, three finger. Foamy tan head. Leaves good tan lacing on the glass. Oh, smells of milk chocolate. I hate to preempt myself, but I think I'm going to like this. Cheers, everyone. Mmm. Oh, that is nice. Nice chocolatey, like dark chocolate. I'm getting a bitterness from the cardamom. That is really nice. Mmm. Oh, I'm enjoying that. Big thumbs up for that. That is really nice. I'm going to give that big thumbs up. Four out of five. Really nice beer, that. Yeah, very good. Very good. Well done, Mothership. You've impressed me with a stout. You've impressed me with the first beer I've had from you. Right, I am going to go. Cheers, guys. Have a great evening. Enjoy what you're doing. Stay safe. My next beer up was the collaboration beer. So I got all the winners together at the Proof Brewery in Belgium. Each brewer picked their favourite hop and they brewed a multi-hop beer. This beer was called Four Way IPA. I'm sat out here on the balcony. It is 21 degrees out here, 21 and a half degrees, 21.6 to be precise. And today I have a four way collaboration beer. A beer brewed to celebrate the winners of the Raise of the Bar, the Ship, Dig, Turning Point, and Vault City. Four hops in the beer represent each of the brewers. Double dry hops and extra juicy. This session IPA gives plenty of tropical and citrus flavour. Sounds good. It comes in a 330ml bottle. It's the only bottle in the box this time. Slightly different description on the back of the bottle. Let's read this. This hop-loaded session IPA is a celebration of the four winners of the 2019 Raise the Bar competition to find the best new brewing talent in the UK. Each brewer has put forward a signature hop that represents them and their beer. This is six days out of date. It was used by last weekend, the 15th of July. But there's your bottle. Four-way IPA, written in... So, as it's a bottle, I have my De Heidebrugge bottle opener from the Netherlands. So let's get this out into my untapped Cyberfest 2 glass and see what I think of it. It's got an orange bottle cap. 
It's dropped on the decking. I pick it up in there. Wow, that smells good. It's a very cloudy golden colour. It's got a one finger foamy white head. Ooh, smells good. Right, the head is complete, almost completely dissipated just within that few seconds. Right, cheers everyone. See what I think of this. This should be nice and refreshing on a, when it's 21 and a half degrees out here. This is 4% I believe. It's uh, 4% ABV. See what I think of it. Mmm. Oh, that's nice. Nice, fruity, juicy. Quite carbonated. A little bit. A little bit of carbonated water taste to it. That's nice, that. Mmm. Nice and refreshing. Nice and refreshing. Yep. Mmm. Juicy, fruity. Could do a little more oomph to it, but that's not bad. That the flavour just sort of fade off into like that Perrier water taste. Hmm. That's not bad at all. I'm about three and a half out of five. Have a great afternoon. Enjoy yourself. What you're doing. Stay safe. I'll check you soon. Vaulting ambition. Edinburgh's hanging back beer bar has become something of an institution in the city and is the birthplace of one of the country's most exciting new breweries. Raise the bar winner, Vault City. I've been to Edinburgh twice now and I still haven't been to the hanging back. I really need to get there sometime. Johnny Horn was working at the Bar's microbrewery when he met regulars Adele Wilkie and her partner Stephen Smith Hay and the three struck up an instant if not beer centric friendship. Around the same time, Johnny was finishing his degree in archaeology and wondering what his next move should be, and slowly mulling over the idea of starting his own brewery. Adele picks up the story. Stephen was homebrewing too, and we'd often speak about how it was something he'd like to take further, so it felt like an obvious move to team up with Johnny. Around that time, I broke my leg skiing was pretty much immobilised, so these guys ended up doing most of their planning at our house. Of course, I started to get more involved, pitching ideas, and eventually became part of the team. From day one it was clear that Vault City brew beer that interested the gang, rather than the beers they knew would sell well. Johnny's love of lambics and other Belgian sour styles had infected Adele and Stephen, and they all believed there was a gap in the market for heavily fruited mixed fermentation beers. These difficult, time-consuming, expensive brews might seem an odd choice for a brand new brewery, but Adele recalls being convinced that it would be a good niche. There's a lot of brewers making beers that are excellent and full of flavour, but there may be all constraints of time or money to put in. So we decided to make something we weren't looking to make money off initially, in order to put all our money, time and effort into making a beer that was different to most of what you find out there. All of us are in full-time jobs and we don't really have startup capital. So we decided the best way to do it, and Christ knows how this happened, was to set up the brewery in our kitchen. So that's what they did. With a brew kit a little larger than your standard homebrew setup, Vault City began weekly brews in July of 2018, investing in fermenters to hold the beer during the long, slow fermentation period required 
for mixed fermentation beers. We were invited to the Beaver Town birthday back in September, so that was a bruiser, but we've never brewed more than once a week because we don't have the fermentation space. I wish we could brew more, but we just don't have the capacity. Fortunately for beer lovers though, the next few months could see big changes for Vault City, as it hopefully partners with another Scottish brewery in a Cuckoo Plus style arrangement. Uneasy about the idea of exposing another brewery's kit to potential infection from its mixed culture of yeast and bacteria, Vault City would instead install its upgraded kit under another brewer's roof, sharing some of the same facilities, but ultimately running a separate process. It's a clever solution. In the meantime though, Vault City has had a taste of large-scale brewing through Raise the Bar and its collaboration with Beer 52, as Johnny joined the brewers at Deproof to see his recipes brewed for our members to enjoy. I definitely think the guys at Deproof are on board with what they're doing, and they're really excited to taste our beers. There's so much interest in mixed fermentation at the moment that I think more people have heard about us than may be normal for a young brewery. We were at an event in Birmingham recently and the guy from Phantom came up and said he'd heard of us and was interested in what we were doing. I think Johnny had to go next door to hyperventilate for a while. When you're brewing out of your kitchen it's hard to imagine people out there actually drinking a beer, let alone talking about it. Hey guys. One last review for tonight. Right, my last beer for tonight and my last beer for this week comes from Edinburgh. Tonight I have a can of Vault City Brewing's Dry Hot Farmhouse Ale. Coming in at 4% says Limitation Farmhouse Ale Dry Hopped with little no Merker Hop. Giving a refreshing citrus chug. Comes in a 330ml can. So let's get this out into my glass. I have washed out my Beer 52 Simon Fest 2 glass. Three, two, one. Opens with a fizz. There it is, got a one and a half finger foamy white head. Mmm, smells murky. Well, the head has just about dissipated, so let's get this down me and see what I think of it. Mmm. Oh, that's not bad, actually. Mmm. Quite citrusy, quite yeasty. Yeah. Nothing more than it says. Remember that hops are part of the cannabis family, and it does have quite a skunky taste to it. A little bit on the watery side, a little bit dry, not much flavour to it, again tasting a little bit like carbonated water. Mm, not overly keen, not overly impressed, there's not that much to it to be honest. Two and a half out of five. In the world of Schneider Twain, that don't impress me much. Sorry Vault City. I look forward to trying more of your beers in the future. By no means puts me off trying more beers from you. There's a little bit of citric taste to it, but not really that much taste to it at all. Used by the 7th of the 8th. So this is the ones, one of the ones still in date. Have a great evening, enjoy what you're doing. Stay safe, and I'll see you soon.
first beer this week comes from Mothership, a female-led brewery from Nunhead in Greater London. This is what Mothership have to say about themselves. About us. Here at Mothership we brew big bold beers that stand out. In 2019, after less than two months of being in business, we were and raised the bar, the annual industry spotlight on the most exciting new and upcoming breweries. And from then on, there's been no stopping us. 
We release our beers seasonally with a spring, summer and an autumn, winter release each year. Plus a charity beer released mid-season with a donation from each hand sold that goes to women's charities. We believe in the power of women and work with an exceptional network of beer-loving ladies. Our aim is to champion and inspire women in craft beer. Keep an eye on our Instagram page for features on women doing great things, news of collaborations and other exciting events. Mothership was founded by Jane, who had a background in winemaking and then discovered brewing, and embraced the creativity it offered. When babies put in an appearance, brewing became an important and empowering way to sustain her own identity as she navigated through the landscape of raising small children. Mothership began as an idea formed in the early hours of the morning, during long walks pushing a buggy around the park, and snatching moments whilst the babies slept. Mashing in test brews at 5am and bottling after she put her kids to bed, these beers are a result of passion and determination. And so Mothership was born. And this beer I had to them was a brute pale ale fermented with champagne yeast. Hey guys, welcome to this beautifully sunny day here in Triana Bay. Today I have a can of beer from London, from a brewery run entirely by women. It's time to beam up to the Mothership. This is a brute pale ale fermented with champagne yeast. It's 4.5% comes in a 330ml can. I remember the first time I encountered a beer made with champagne yeast. It was at Peter Beer Festival. I was working on the bottled bar, so you got the bottled bar. And they had this beer, oh, going back about 2012, 13, maybe earlier. And they had this beer fermented with champagne yeast. And they were selling it at £15 a bottle. Glad they've come down since then. This has been in the freezer for about half an hour, so it should be nice and cold. It says SS19 Session Range. She's an easy lover, so Phil Collins once said. And there's nothing more lovable than an easy drinking pale ale. We've brewed our bubbly brute with champagne yeast to make it refreshing, light and spritzy. Perfect for a long summer's day session. It is nice weather here, it is about 18 degrees. Looking out my Cyberfest 2 glass. That's your can, I love the artwork on these mothership cans. Has a use by of three days. 6th of the 8th, 20. So three days before it goes out of date. So there's your can. It is white with yellow and black artwork. Sorry about the dog, there's people behind me. Rumbling bits, as you can hear, and it's uh, got the dog all up. Let's get this out into my glass. Do our thing. It says, Mothership is an award-winning all-female brewery that champions women in craft beer. Brewed at De Proof, Belgium. As most of Beer 52's contract brew beers are. Shush doggy. There we are, look at that. That calls a nice, crisp, clean golden colour. It's got a two-finger foamy white head. Mmm, sort of an orangey nose to it, the dog's been summoned in now. Let's try this. The head is completely settled now. It's a nice clear golden colour, so... See what I think of Mothership Fruit Pale Ale Fermented with Champagne Yeast. 4.5%, just what I need when it's nice and warm out here. It's not as hot as it was at the weekend though, wow, it was about 34 degrees. Mmm, well that's interesting. 
It's okay. Not my favourite out of this box, it's a little. Oh wow. Oh sorry, a bit of down the wrong way. It's very light, very thin, not that much to it at all, I'm afraid. Maybe if I let it warm up a minute. Because I've kept this cold in the freezer and kept it in a little bit too long. Because I ended up having a cup of coffee at about the time I was going to review the beer. Pop that over there in the sun a sec. Let's see what Untap says on this beer, shall we? I haven't looked up the Untap description for this one yet. No, just what it says on the back of the can. Occasionally it says something different. A little bit more flavour now, it's warmed up a little bit. Not really my thing, that. Sorry, Mothership. Cheers, at least I've tried it. It's not too bad, I'm going to give that a 3 out of 5. It's okay, it's not the best thing I've ever drank, it's not the best brute pale ale I've ever drank to be honest, but it's just lacking something, there's not much flavour to it. Sorry Mothership, but I look forward to trying more from you in the future, I'll keep my eye out for you. Cheers guys, have a great afternoon, and I'll see you soon with another beer review. And now we rejoin Oliver at Digbrew Company in Birmingham. So it was our core of four people. Like any new brewery, the start was tough and Dig had to work hard to get his name out. Again, Oliver's first instinct was to reach out to the art world and explore how his new venture could collaborate locally. They ran raves, worked with the local art galleries of which there are so many in Birmingham, then used the revenue from these events to do more with those relationships, gradually embedding themselves in the wider local cultural scene. Oliver's passion for art shows in the range of beers Dig brews and the way it works through new recipes. From a very basic point of view, we've got a large range we're willing to push out. We have a core range of four beers, but we talk about them as families that we're developing into an expanded meta storyline. In that family, there's Hell Normal and Hell Light, which is an American-style rice lager, and Hell Life, which is an IPL, that's an India Pale Lager. California is our fruity, sour, low-hop family, where we change the fruit every time. Then there's Optimo, our house New England IPA, which we titled in the style of film sequels. So we've got Optimo Forever coming out soon, for example. One of Dig's Beer 52 beers is cutely titled The Last Optimo, which means generally brewing a beer with the proof means you've completed the craft beer game. It's obviously a non-linear story though, so there will be other Optimos coming out later. Named for the Digbeth area of Birmingham it calls home, Digbruco is proud of its roots and genuinely passionate about its community role. And some of its poorest communities as well. Places like Tipton, Digbeth and Wolverhampton. Wolverhampton? Wolverhampton isn't a suburb of Birmingham. The reality of Digbeth is that there are very few residents. It's all undeveloped industrial land, very close to the centre of Birmingham. The landlords here are waiting for HS2 to push prices up. So there's nothing happening here. We've got a 7,000 square foot building that would be unaffordable to us in any other part of the world. That gives an opportunity to be a force for good. You've got all these young people basically saying, right, show us what you've got and what we can do with ourselves. It's up to everyone to recognise that. These people need to be inspired. So Birmingham being the youngest city in Europe, 
isn't an opportunity to make money, it's a responsibility. Let's make it worth it, or it will have all been a waste. It might not be the kind of art he envisaged making, but through Dig, Oliver is clearly pursuing some big ideas about what it means to be a local young brewery, and how his story forms part of the rapidly evolving history of the UK's second largest city. We hope it's a story that plays out well. Hey guys, welcome to another beer review. What do I have for you? Out of my Beer 52 box, I have a can of a Dig Bruco 9. Ain't much happening in the West Midlands. This is a 5.4% stout. That's your can. It's black with white writing and a red design. Can't quite make out what the design is. It's something freaky. So let's get this out into my Cyberfest 2 class and see what I think of this one. Three, two, one. Foams up a little. That'll do for now. So look at that, that is a nice black colour. It has a one finger, extremely foamy tan head. Mmm, smells interesting, smells roasty. A little bit chocolatey. So, let's see what I think of Nine. Which, oddly enough, happens to be the name of the new Blink-182 album. I think a track or two off that on the show which, uh, will be deserved. Mmm. Mmm. Oh, that's delicious. Nice, smooth chocolate. Oh, wow. Mmm, that was well worth the wait. Mmm. Oh, I'm enjoying that. I'm going to savour that. Nice, good, dark chocolate bitterness. Mmm, nice chocolatey creaminess to it. That is delicious. Absolutely delicious. Yep, cheers everyone. That is getting a 4 out of 5. I'm liking that. There's been a few from Dig in this box. I'm looking forward to trying more from them in the future. Mm, I am going to savour that. Right, I'm going to go. Great evening. Enjoy yourself what you're doing. Stay safe. I'll check you soon. Our next beer comes from a brewery that I know quite well. I've had these guys several times before. A microbrewery from Nairsborough. And anyone who's listened to the latest edition of my podcast will be thinking, is he doing another beer from Roosters? Nope, I'm not. This is another microbrewery from Nairsborough, who I've had several times before. I first encountered them at Wirral Beer Festival in March of 2018 when I had their Disco King. It was then a year and a month later, on the 25th of April 2019, I had them again, this time at That Beer Place in Chester, which in April 2019 was a newly opened micro bar on Chester Market. And I really enjoyed a beer called Alan's Psychedelic Breakfast. And then before this week, I last had them on the 27th of April 2019 at Chester Craft Beer Festival, where I had a beer called Trapped Under a Cow. And so far I have rated up all three beers from this 
brewery. Four out of five. The brewery are called Turning Point. Let's see what the magazine has to say about them. Richard Crowsdale catches up with Turning Point. The Raise the Bar winners who love to mix things up. Brewing for the moment. When you ask a brewer about their process, the standard answer is, we brew beers we'd want to drink. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know one brewery who doesn't. It was Burke County Brewery in Peterborough. I was at an event one time, I was at the Hand and Heart Beer Festival in Peterborough. And I asked him about one of his beers and I said to him, so what do you think of this beer then? And he goes, I don't like it. Then he said to me, I don't brew beers I want to drink. I brew the types of beer other people will want to drink. So there we go. So not everyone subscribes to that philosophy. Sorry, that just reminded me of that. So back to this. However, I'd wait a few breweries follow this philosophy through with quite the same seat of the pants commitment as Turning Point. The Yorkshire-ish based brainchild of Cameron Brown and Aaron McMahon. We didn't really have a strategy heading out with a core range of beers, explains Cameron. Who are we to say these beers are so good that people will want them again and again? Instead, we said, let's just make some beers, and then some different beers, and just keep going like that. We never really changed from that formula. We sit down every few days and decide what we're going to do. I'm looking at the board now, and we've got two brews planned, and that's it. This approach fits quite nicely with the origins of the brewery itself. Cameron became besotted with beer during his time as a student in York and ended up running a pub, the now sadly defunct Falcon Tap. This gave him the opportunity to use his sales list to create a never-ending beer festival for himself and a loyal group of adventurous regulars. It also gave him an outlet for his homebrew efforts, which he'd make at home or in the Falcon's basement, and then hand out to anyone who was interested. This is how he met, and his words, kind of fell in love with, co-founder Aaron who at the time was handling sales and deliveries for the nearby Brasscastle Brewery. We saw each other every week and just egged each other on in terms of beer enthusiasm. I was so devastated when he told me he was leaving to do something new. He wasn't really sure what he was going to do next, except that he wanted it to be his own thing. I jokingly said, OK, let's do a brewery then. And I promise you, it was a joke. I was definitely joking. He then called me about two weeks later and said, So this brewery then? Were you kidding? And I said, deadly serious. The pair met up shortly after, around Christmas 2016, with the intention of determining whether or not their dream had legs. Needless to say, by the second pint, they'd decided exactly where the brewery was going to be and what kit they would need. In January, they put down a deposit and Turning Point's inaugural brew took place in April 2017. A schedule that Cameron now describes as flat-out bonkers but which seems entirely suited to the brewery's let's just do it ethos. Over the intervening couple of years, Turning Point has earned a great reputation locally and has started pushing beyond the weird gated community that is North Yorkshire. Perhaps best known for its big beers, unctuous lactose-ridden double IPAs and dessert stouts. We seem to have carved out an odd little niche, brewing beers that seem like they should be really dark, but which are actually light. Really weird pale lactose-sweet stuff. They've gathered a bit of a following as well. One's called Yellow Matter Custard, which is like a low-hop vanilla-sweet pale ale. It's bonkers and drinks like... Yop. We were designing it and we thought, why would we want to make it dark? Why would we take away from those delicious dessert flavours by putting something roasty and bitter in there? People have gone crazy for it. Tonight I have a can of Wavelengths Mosaic Super Pale from Turning Point Bruco. 
says on the back of this, incredibly light in colour and glistening with mosaic, mosaic and more mosaic. A juicy and piney showcase of our absolute favourite hop. Drink shield. Happy days. Brewed at De Proof in Belgium like all the Beer 52 collaboration beers are. Let's get this out into my glass. I've got my Slimefest 2 glass. Three, two, one. Okay, foams out a little over the top. I'll pull that into the glass. There we have it. It's a nice light golden colour. Good sweet nose. Alright, let's try this then. What strength is this? This isn't going to be that strong. It's 4.5%. Comes packaged in a 330ml can. And the can is blue with red wavy lines. With like a very light red, almost orange strip down the middle with the name cut out and showing in the can art underneath. Let's try this then. Mmm. Oh, that's quite nice. Mmm. Don't mind that. Cheers, guys. I should really look to the best part of this on this before I open the can. 15th of the 7th. Uh, so about two weeks out of date. It's not too bad. Quite fresh. So what shall I give that? Usually quite fruity. Could be doing a little bit more something for me, but that's not bad. Give that a 3.7 out of 5. Nice, good, mid-range, mid-strength session beer. Right, I'm going to go. Have a great evening. Enjoy what you're doing. Stay safe. I'll see you soon. We take a lot of care and pride in our IPAs though. It's kind of a continuous IPA project because we'll always do one and then ask how the next one could be better. Not necessarily more hops, but how we can improve the actual quality of the beer. Being in York, it's unsurprising that a good slice of its output is cask. And Cameron is very proud that every beer he brews will end up in cask somewhere. Even the silliest ones. While it has two regularly brewed beers, Lucid Dream Stout and Disco King American Pale Ale, these generally only go to permanent customers, so Turning Point can focus on experimentation and variety. Cameron says, We've got some breweries and they've got 10 permanent beers and supermarket contracts to supply, and it just leaves them so little time for experimentation and collaboration. All the fun stuff. That's really why we try to keep our production schedule empty. I asked whether he worries his approach would limit the brewery's growth. Growth is definitely important, but where we're at at the moment, it's not really an issue. Because we're already maxed out, our capacity has been the limiting factor. All this could be about to change, as Cameron and Aaron have just taken on the old Roosters site and kit just down the road from them in Nairsborough, effectively doubling their current capacity with space for a tap room and further expansion. Once again, they've given themselves six weeks to get everything up and running. It seems like old habits die hard. When it was just me and Aaron, this place was fine. But then we took on another brewer, Luke, who's become the heart and soul of the brewery. And then at Christmas we hired Andy as an assistant. He didn't know anything about beer at the time, but we liked him. So suddenly we were kind of tripping over each other on the brewery floor. We thought it'd be another couple of years before we found anywhere new and we had plans to make this place a bit more practical. But then Roosters announced it was moving somewhere bigger. And again, Aaron and I jokingly said, 
Well, we can always buy their old brewery. Another recent step forward has been the introduction of cans into the Turning Point range, which Cameron sees as being key to getting the brand and the beer in front of a wider audience. Proving they can be sensible when it counts, the pair agreed early on that they'd hold back on small pack until the beer was at a point where they were 100% happy with its quality and stability. We also liked the idea, initially, that if you wanted to drink our beer, you need to leave the house. Canning is being phased in very gradually, with one eye on breweries who'd made mistakes in the past. We brew two beers that are the best representation of what we were about at that time. We'll do a couple of thousand cans of each, wait until they're sold, and then do the next batch. We want the beer to leave fresh, and people to get it in the best condition, rather than having it sitting around and having people drink stale beer. It's worked out really well. Uh, they're not going to be happy with me then, are they, reviewing this seven months after it was canned? Given that Cameron and Aaron seem to have simultaneously reached a point in their lives where they wanted to strike out and pursue their dreams, I asked if the name Turning Point had any particular emotional resonance for them. I should have known better. We went through a lot of different names trying to come up with the coolest name ever, says Cameron with a straight face. But I thought, God, we're going to look like dicks if we call ourselves something really epic. Like, if you call yourself Rocket Ship or something, you're setting yourself up to fall. So in the end, we just went through a load of common phrases until we found something that sounded like it could be the name of a craft brewery. Three syllables, easy to pronounce. Happy days. It's actually become a bit of a running day that every single one of the 70 beer names we've come up with so far would be a better brewery name than Turning Point. I mean, Space Monkey Mafia. I'd definitely buy beer from those guys. One last time tonight. Welcome back. The last beer out of this box for this week again comes from Turning Point. This is a can of their Lucid Dream Cookies and Cream Stout. You should know me by now, this should be absolutely amazing. This had a best before of... Ooh, tomorrow! <laughs> this has a best before of tomorrow, 6th of the 8th, 20. BBB on it. 5% stout, and it says... Cookies and cream stout. Cacao, vanilla, lactose, and all the chocolatey malt you can shake a cookie at. So, let's try this then. Be looking forward to trying this, you know what I'm like, you know how I feel about my... Stouts, there we go. Especially my chocolate stouts and chocolate porters. Doesn't foam up over the top like the other one. I have got my flavourly gas for this side. Oh, there we go. Oh, let's try this. It's completely black. It has a one and a half finger foamy tan head. It's leaving good tan lacing on my glass. So. Smells interesting. Doesn't quite smell like what I was expecting it to. I was expecting a nice big sweet chocolatey nose on it. And I'm not getting that so. Let's try this then. Mmm. Mm. Cheers everyone. It's not too bad that. It's not as sweet as I was expecting. It doesn't have quite as much body as I was expecting either. Not for a 5% beer. It's okay. It's not the best chocolate stout I've ever had. 
It needs a little more something, there's a little bit of wateriness on it. It's okay. I was expecting nice, big, chocolatey, creamy, malty flavours to that. And they're not there. I'll give that a three and a half out of five. Cheers. Have a good evening. Enjoy what you're doing. Stay safe. And I'll see you soon. If you have any comments, questions, or if there's anything you've seen that you think I should try and review, then you can get in contact by emailing cyberbeer at cyberbeer.co.uk. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram using at cyber underscore beer. Or you can find us on Facebook by typing in cyberbeer. And if you want to see the process in process, follow me on Twitter and Periscope. Periscope is just at cyberbeer, all one word. Or you can watch through the Twitter account or on the Facebook account. I go live on Facebook as well. On a Monday and a Tuesday, set your notifications because I never really know when I'm going to go live. Don't have a set time. It depends on the weather. It's sometimes afternoon, sometimes it's evenings. Sometimes it's a bit of both. And occasionally I do a weekend as well, a Saturday or a Sunday. Or both. So just stay tuned to find out what's going on. So like, set your notifications. So you're notified when I go live to find out where I am and what I'm doing that week. And remember to subscribe to the podcast so you get the next episode when it drops. Uh, 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 uh.